Welcome one and all to Vision on Sound here on Fab Radio International with me, Martin Holmes. This week it seems as if we've hit the fast return switch on the Fab Radio International TARDIS as it barely seems five minutes since today's guest was last with us. And if you're the kind of person who feels confident in knowing without any hesitation what a fast return switch is, where it was first referenced and by whom, then hopefully this particular edition of Vision on Sound will be right up your street, through the double doors and sitting in a corner of the junkyard you find there. But first, we're going to have a bit of a quiz to get you all in the mood. Question 1. Which 2011 American comedy sci-fi film shares its title with the first name of a Beatle, The Hustler, and the composer of Mrs. Robinson. Question 2. What is the proper term for a candle maker, a supplier of equipment for ships, and the first name of one of the six friends? Question 3. Which three-letter word is also known as the definite article? The clue is in the question, and in that clue. Question 4. Which three-letter word means nervous or timid in the company of other people and is also a sideshow where you throw balls at tropical fruit? And question 5. What is the shorter name that the creature from Himalayan folklore, also known as the Abominable Snowman, is known by? And if you've put all those answers together, you'll already know that our returning guest today is Paul Chandler, the Shy Yeti. A prolific podcaster, freshly arrived, no doubt, from publishing another instalment of the Shy Life podcast, and who is joining us today to talk all about another favourite subject of his, television quiz shows. So, without any further hesitation, because we're up against the clock here, let's input one button from the top line and any other five from the other rows, and, if we input the coordinates into our Fab Radio International TARDIS, see whether we've got all the correct answers so that we can crank up our time engines and see just whether our journey hits the jackpot this week, or we'll be coming back tomorrow for another go. Hello, Paul. How are you doing? Welcome back. Uh, hello. It's good to be back. I suppose I should really sort of say your start of a 10 is, what would you like to talk about today? Well, I want to talk about quiz games and the ilk. Ah, the ilk. But I, yeah, but I'm kind of I'm very fussy in the, in the ones I used to watch. And that, mm-hmm. I mean, it is a bit in the past. I did watch quite a lot, I guess, in the 80s and 90s, but right. I, I don't really watch anything these days. But okay. um, and I am quite, as I say, I'm, there were always certain types that I, I enjoyed mm-hmm. and, and others that I avoided. But uh, So you're a bit of a quizzer? Or you were yeah. a bit of a quizzer? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, in real life, outside of TV, I did go through a phase of some really good friendships were made because mm. I started, in about 96, I started working um, at a particular place and got invited along to a quiz night. And then right. that group of people became, well, friends to this day. So, um, so that... that that was real life quizzing, but mm. uh, I, I I do remember, and I'm just jumping in sort of in the middle here. But around mm. the same time, I used to like Teleaddicts, 
Right. Um, which makes sense, of course, yes. um, with our interests. But I do remember there being a stage where, again, around 96, that I'd watch it because I was living by myself. Mm. I'd, I'd watch it and I'd total how many points I'd got. <laughs> and then my, my mum was doing the same. And then I'd ring her up at the end and we'd compare... Ah, interesting. So the, the the sort of family uh, connections. Of, yeah, we uh, sort yeah. of did it. We sort of merged it together because obviously mm. on the TV version there were different rounds. We just did how many questions we got. We got right. right. Okay. Uh, but uh, um, so yeah, Telly Addicts was one of the ones, and okay. and also before, I mean that must have gone on for ten ten years or so, maybe yeah. a bit less, a bit more. But there was also a rival show, which I don't think it actually was a rival, it wasn't on at the mm. same time, but there was a show that Gloria Honeyford did called We Love TV. Ah, okay. Um, which was, but I think that might have been with celebrities, whereas Telly Addicts right. was just normal family. Uh, celebrities talking about telly, we don't we don't hold with this because they never seem <laughs> to actually know anything about telly. They <laughs> no. just, you always get the impression they don't watch it, they're just t- saying what they've been told to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what do we know? What do we know here on, on our show? I mean, this is but, the thing. <laughs> We just talk about telly. We don't know anything either. <laughs> but I think of the studio-based, mm. because I'll come on to non-studio-based. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, because, well, that, that is where my, my my biggest interests lie. But mm. of the studio-based ones, I think I used to watch things like Family Fortunes, probably when Bob right. Monkhouse did it. Because uh, uh, uh. uh, I, I, I was I was quite like Bob Monkhouse. And then when yes. I discovered how much he was involved with wanting to preserve TV. Yeah. Uh, I, I, sort, I sort of liked him even more, sort of thing. So. He was a big film collector, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, yeah, so apparently his but, archive is, is still one of those places where they saw stuff that's been missing for years. So. Yes. But I do, do remember watching various different Paul Daniels quiz shows. Mm. Oh, um, odd one odd, out. One out. Um, every yes. second count. Counts, and, yes, those yeah. would be the two. Mm. But then that was probably off the back of watching his magic shows. Yes, of course. And then, oh, well, that's Paul Daniels. I like him, so... Right. The, the... Well, you were a fan of Paul Daniels, then? I think I think we were in the family. Mm. And, um, I, I also remember he, he was a bit of a Marmite person, I think. But I don't, yes. know if he was at, I don't know if he was at the time. I think it was as a lot of these careers, when people start off, mm. everyone likes them. And then as time goes on, past mm. uh, the, 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 the point where perhaps they haven't got a primetime show anymore that mm. they perhaps become a bit more because I mean, Paul, Paul Daniels was around doing doing things mm. for a lot longer than he was on primetime TV mm. um, and, and, yes we had uh, a close encounter at uh, the Edinburgh Fringe once and mm-hmm. um, he hadn't endeared himself to the rooms shall we say so um, yeah. yeah I can kind of see that I think sometimes people's reputation gets a bit before them as well and if enough people think you're a bit of a so-and-so you are gonna people are gonna remember that that's the interesting thing about the celebrity lifestyle you know it's kind of you get the ones who come across as always being lovely and wonderful and then there's the others you know and i don't really know quite where he fell on that that, the the weird thing about paul daniels is that as a non-church going person Mm. paul daniels was the first person i ever remember declaring himself as an atheist on something like Wogan or something, right. or just in conversation. And, I, and that always stuck in my head, because I don't mm. think I'd ever heard anyone saying that that was an option. So uh, I don't know why, but that has sort of that has sort of endeared me to him as, my, as I grew old. Do you like <laughs> I, magicians, but, though, generally? Magicians, um, yes. Mm. But, I mean, again, a family friend was a was an am- a very good amateur magician. Right. And so we were sort of brought up with... Uncle Roger coming around to do the magic, uh, magic mm. um, 
I uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of always interested me. We have dabbled on my show, and mm. one of our mutual friends is very interested mm. in in magic. Mm. One of our podcasting friends. So, mm. so I don't think I really watched anyone. Before. Mm. I think Paul Daniels was my sort of yeah era, and and I think I missed. It's interesting that things like that because the the sort of should we say the the cozy family end of magic if you like, you know, the, the David Nixon, Paul Daniels sort of era seems to have passed in television yes. now, doesn't it? It's, it seems to have gone away. But uh, you still get these uh, these high concept git yeah. wizards, for want of a better word, yeah. uh, who, who <laughs> generally seem to not endear themselves quite in the same way, although people do go to their shows. So, yeah, it's Because I've not heard about... I, I, I literally had no idea who David Nixon was until mm. it's been... Popping up on some of our shows. You child. Yeah, I think Paul Daniels must have been his replacement. He, or he yeah, pretty much, yeah, in, in those terms. I mean, there was the sort of Ali Bongo phase, but Ali Bongo was a little bit eccentric for most people. Yeah. But uh, there's a kind of leap between magician and quiz master, quiz host, I suppose. And I suppose in the end, it's just how good you are with people, isn't it? And yeah. this, is, this is the thing about these shows. So the era when you would have been, what, it'd say in 1980, roughly when you started really getting into quiz shows? Yeah, it was prob- probably... So you're a bit um, late for us, the family, really. It, it, you know, it, was prob- it was probably sort of blankety-blank mm. and with both Terry and Les. I, li- yes. I, know, I, I like both them equally mm. uh, as hosts. And I, I feel like I might have... I have a sort of vague memory of things like celebrity squares, or at least the, the set with the different yeah, places. Yeah, well, that was Bob's big one after the Golden Shot and before the Family Fortunes, wasn't it? Really, the, yeah. that was his big ITV quiz show. Was, was I, I, celebrity squares, which is was quite a fascinating program. I mean, it's really, I, although I think before your time, I, I definitely watched. I'm definitely like a Larry Grayson era generation game right. with Ardis and Claire and all that. Mm. So I do remember watching that. Mm. Um, and and all the different sort of things that that, that went on uh, on that. We're also in the era of uh, that that sort of era was when Trivial Pursuit became a big popular mm. game, and of course the machines started appearing in the pubs. You know, technology finally caught up that you could put a television based quiz game in a pub. <laughs> you know, yeah. The, well, there was a t- there was definitely a teleaddicts one of that because mm. um, that was we around the t- around the. the Sort of mid nineties, we were mm. quite um, keen uh, on uh, quiz machines in pubs. Mm. Uh, we'd always be seeing our group crowded around the quiz machine. <laughs> so, are you? Because things like Blankety Blank, to a certain extent, even odd ones out there, they're more game show than actual quiz show. But I mean, quite often there's a general knowledge element, isn't there, to get the points on yeah. on the board or whatever it is. Yeah. So, were you more drawn completely to the quiz, if you like, the actual? The questions and answers. I mean, are, are you are you more university challenged than say bullseye? If you see what I mean. I'm not sure because I think with things like blanky blank, it was partly the the people that it's a that game. A it's a parlor game, was, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah, that was a sort of yeah. celebrity one. I don't mm. think I ever really watched Mastermind. No, um, okay. and I was and later on, I was never a big one for uh, Millionaire, except for. In the pubs on the quiz machines, right? Um, so I don't know. Maybe it, maybe you're right. Maybe it is more panel games than quiz games. Mm. But I was involved. Yeah, I was involved. Obviously. Well, I, again, I think there's there's a definite there's a social element, isn't there? That's the the interesting. If you're in a room full of people watching somebody where you answer questions like mastermind and everything like that, it's actually got it's got a kind of competitive element to it in the home. 
and so people engage with the program if you like mm. because but then again who wants to be the one in the room who keeps getting all the questions right i don't know i don't know maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe that's just i used to hang out with the wrong sort of people i don't know <laughs> you old clever boots i mean basically you if you want to win a 20 quid off the machine in the pub then it then it's useful to know stuff because <laughs> because there was also um a weakest link game right again i never really watched the show but i did mm. play the pub game mm. but um I, so you I used to play the tie-in uh, yeah, stuff yeah. in the in in the pub because basically apparently it sounds like you're always in the pub Paul. well I, pro- <laughs> I was in that period and probably not watching tv that's what, what yeah. I, you were sort of aware of it because those shows were so big mm. but but the, i suppose when i was saying about studio based and non-studio based the, mm. the non-studio based ones were well they're not really panel are they panel game are they quiz mm. One of the main ones I'm thinking of is Treasure Hunt, which I Treasure loved. Hunt. But yes. but then that had riddles to solve yes. the clue. So it wasn't always general knowledge, or if it was, it was sort of get that reference book out and let's have a look yeah. and see if we it, can solve this riddle. Okay. Treasure Hunt basically you got clues, they flew a helicopter, it landed, they found the next clue that and so on and so forth. That's basically what was happening until you got the main prize. And it was yeah. in about three or four phases, wasn't it, over the course of the hour? But yes. it, the interesting thing is that in the studio, you would see the process of solving the problem. Yes. You, there yes. was a great big yes. library of... I mean, this is pre-Google. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. you couldn't just type it into your phone. It was kind of like you had to look stuff up and you would see that actually happening over this big sort of like li- it was like a library really wasn't it it was kind of they i presume that they knew that all the answers all the answers to all the questions they were asking were available to the contestants but if they if they picked up the wrong book and started looking up cookery a cookbook as opposed to a an yeah, atlas yeah. or something you know you could waste an awful lot of your hour while the helicopter's circling around <laughs> running out of yeah. uh, jet fuel or whatever yeah, yeah. i definitely watched it when there was uh, Anna Vice and then mm. Annabelle Charles and then mm. i've forgotten who came, it came back in the noughties more as a daytime really? thing on BBC Two with a newsreader who, who I've forgotten his name. Did they um, still use a helicopter or was it yeah, more somebody on a bicycle uh, because it was the BBC? It was, it was very much the same um, same, same format, right? And, and I, I remember saying the video for, the, for that as well. Mm. I recently found a load on YouTube, but unfortunately they didn't survive. Somebody, you know. Probably. They got purged. Yeah, mm. they got purged. But I did watch about mm. the first season. I'm not even no, sure right. I'd watched as early as that. It's possible that because mm. Channel Four wasn't necessarily everywhere immediately, so maybe mm. I'm not even sure the first season. Not it was before Wincy Willis, who was mm. Wincy Willis was a weather girl who went on to sort of more beyond yes, that, and she was the lady. in TVAM wasn't she? Yeah. She she, was, she started yeah. off on. Uh, she was the person in the in the studio that was helping. Mm. Um, than in the later seasons, mm. but I, so what was it that appealed? Was it was it the the quiz or was it the, the actual it was, quiz element, the the riddle element? You know, or were you an old was, Batman fan? Were you riddle me this, riddle me that? Or was it, <laughs> no, or was it, it more? Was, I think it was visuals. Yeah, mm. seeing the places, going different well. places. Yeah, um, and sometimes they go to places you knew. Well, I'm pretty sure they would have come to somewhere like Wiltshire, mm. um, Stonehenge, and that sort of thing. I I can't be sure, but I'm. Pretty sure they would have done, and mm. um, and then it, it was just very different compared to all those studio shows. I must um, admit, the way we've had helicopters circling over the house the last few days, I, I actually did start to wonder whether someone had left a clue somewhere <laughs> down by the river or something. I suspect they were just looking for someone who'd gone missing. But uh... well, I love treasure hunt so much that mm. uh, at a certain point, I used to invite my friends over 
I lived right. in a village, and we would do treasure hunt. Okay. By foot around oh, the yes. village. <laughs> I'm going to say and, you, you didn't have your own helicopter. I, I didn't realize I was mixing with royalty. Uh, <laughs> uh, that involved climbing up trees and jumping over ah. barbed wire fences uh, to get to oh, different right. clues, and I'm sure uh, it was. Five go mad in your back garden. Yes. Well, it's a bit bigger than that, though. It was wider. Right. I, 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 and I, I feel like I must have gone and put the cl- gone out beforehand and put the clues in the different places wow. as well. I think I was, I was quite really committed uh, to it. Yeah. Committed to it, yeah. And I also remember Interceptor, which you didn't was get. Like, I mean, let's face it, you never got that with with us, the family, did you? I mean, no. You didn't get people sitting at home building their own desks and sitting in a row and, and having a buzzer in the middle or anything like that. Call, you know, that, that, my, that that's call, commitment. Doing your own version of Treasure Hunt. That's, that's, call I'm, my, I'm impressed call my bluff that. as well. I remember calling. Call I do. I, anyway, I'm going off the point. Um, Indeed. But, sorry. Yes. Yeah, Interceptor. That was Interceptor. Like a, that that oh, didn't last very long, but it was like. It was like treasure hunt, but with a baddie chasing you. It was an evolution, to... wasn't it? It was a kind yeah. of they sort of run out of treasure hunt ideas or something, and they and they sort yeah. of had the, they still had because the, it was all Chatsworth television, uh, probably, I believe. Yeah. So yeah. I I just give it an extra spin, you know. If you if you don't beat the other the bad guy, uh, uh, you lose everything. Who I think used to say, "I'll get you, Missy," uh, <laughs> and shake his hand. I'll at the get screen. you, Penelope Pitstop. Um, but I thought that was the most exciting. I can't believe, couldn't believe that it only ran for a season. Yeah. I've spoken to one or two other people over the years who've gone, oh, yeah, I used to love that. But don't they think it ran actually, too many episodes at all. Yeah, they've had these um, recent years. I mean, it's funny because uh, a few few weeks ago, you and me talked about reality shows, didn't we? And, mm. and wasn't the one where people were on the run a couple of years ago or they had to they had to try and get around the world without being caught or something. <laughs> I don't think I saw that. Uh, well, maybe it's just this is one of these horrible dark corners of my imagination. Maybe we should be sort of ringing up Endemol now and saying, oi, why don't you do a show? But uh, I just have this, this, this whole pursuit thing somehow adds... Quite a lot of these shows, sometimes they kind of almost feel like playground games adults and dumb you know with budgets and everything like that mm. i can't imagine anybody having the budget to do treasure hunt anymore no, you know no. actually having to you know, i mean i know it was never it was never live on television was it but it was obviously no. they had to have a live feed between yes. the helicopter the presenter yeah. you know the, the people flying and you know all the sort of ground level people i always think it's terribly weird i i'm i'm not generally speaking a big fan i don't enjoy seeing i i we, we keep calling them real people on television because all people uh-huh. are real but you know when it used to get that slightly shuffle look at your feet embarrassing thing when when annika would walk up to a completely un, out of the blue out of somebody and go well, do you know where the what's it is and you'd go uh-huh. and and they'd be sort of like no mate i'm just a member of the great british public and you kind of think, mm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I suppose that's the thing. I'm not really a huge fan of the great British public when they engage with telly for some reason. Yeah. You want somebody to have a bit more going on and think, yeah, oh, actually, no, I know exactly where you want to go. And if you go left, right, you want more I, of that. I'm not sure they would be, today's generation would be quite up to the level of Annika Rice <laughs> either, because when I saw those repeats, I remember there was one where she landed in some temple and oh, it was yes. like, because the helicopter like blowing up, and, and and she just jumps out and she keeps running. But how she must have had sand in her eyes and everything. <laughs> and these days, you can't imagine anyone going, "Stop! Stop the camera! Stop the camera! I need to get back to wardrobe." She just she was such a trooper that uh, I was so, we, so impressed watching those episodes. Do we think generally that quiz shows in the modern era? I mean, there's quite a few 
people that a bit like Private Eye magazine, but also you see it on uh, some Twitter feeds where people kind of mock the wrong answers. But I was going to say, do you think that modern quiz shows are as clever in the sense? Do you you know? Do you feel we've dumbed down? Or do you feel that actually no, they're just just as sharp as they ever were? Because you know the really smart people do seem to do well, and it's, it's difficult to say whether because you know, we were a generation. I mean, I don't know again whether you. I mean, you are so much younger than me, so this is probably <laughs> very unfair. But blockbusters, do you remember blockbusters? Did you yeah, I had a friend who was on blockbusters. You actually. had a friend who was on blockbusters. Wow. Yeah, he, a friend, a friend of mine from school. In fact, mm-hmm. I. Uh, was well, he the the two or the one? That, that's he the, was the, I mean, he the thing was about blockbusters is you, you had a team of two against a team of one, but they had a shorter route to to win uh, the prize. Yeah, he, didn't they? That was basically yeah, he, the gist. He was the one, and right. I try and package this in the in the best possible way. Mm. By the time he was on blockbusters, I think he might have left school, but I still knew him. He right, been, been at university, but uh, it was around the time that I got my video camera, mm. and because he saw how much fun I was having with my video camera making my dramas and stuff. Yes. I know that he was given a certain prize and he asked behind the scenes if he could swap it for a video camera. Wow. But I kept his footage on, I videoed it at the time, Mm. and later on in the series that I made, Mm. I dug up the footage and because I, I wasn't seeing him as much and I worked blockbusters into my... <laughs> it's like, oh, look, there's, there's Danny. He's on TV. Uh, like, like he was happening at the time mm. rather than about three or four years before. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think blockbusters has come and gone a few in a few different... I mean, obviously, I remember the Bob Holness version. Mm. But uh, there's a few shows like that. What's, there was that one where you had to... There was shape that there were like be. Was it going for gold in the afternoon? Oh, I remember, I remember. I remember that, but I also mm. remember the one where you they showed you pictures and you had to make a a catch. Was it catchphrase? Oh, catchphrase! Yeah. Yes, Roy Walker. Yes, I remember. Say that, what you again. see. Say what but, you see. Yes. But again, I think that's come and gone and yes, come back absolutely. again many times in different mm. forms. Some of these shows started prime time, then end up more as afternoon. Well, what always got me the interesting thing about blockbusters specifically is that certainly in in the region i live in it was on at 515 five yeah five yeah. nights a week 515 till till the well, quarter to six news as it was then but when we went on holiday to ireland blockbusters was seven o'clock in the evening prime time family program it was again i know that probably says a, a little bit about irish uh, family culture as opposed to us calling it a children's program, but this was this was definitely a big part of the evening entertainment in Ireland. So yeah, I feel like it might have been on around the time you you, you said about then you were able to swip, uh, swap over to watch Neighbours before mm. six o'clock news or something. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is fascinating because there are other shows. Do, do you, are you you're probably a bit young for Runaround, aren't you? I sort of rem- remember it, but then it makes me wonder how much I remember it from watching mm. clips on YouTube. But I think I do. I, I do sort of remember bits, mm. bits of it. I mean, because that was a general knowledge question, and then you had three answers, and you had to pick one, and then jump or run around to the right one. But then you had sort of quiz game elements in programs mm. like Crackerjack. I remember the thing with the, where the cabbages and king. I think it was quite called that. But the, where, where you won prizes, mm. double or drop, they, yeah, yeah, mm. and they stacked. We it on don't, your arms I've done an episode with uh, Sandy on uh, on Crackerjack, which means I'm going to have to keep using that bit of 
<laughs> every time someone says it, yes, I'm afraid so. We did that throughout the episode. I apologise to it. all our listeners for for that. I, did, I thought we'd heard the last of that one. Um, Never mind. Um, but yes, no. but also, I mean, this is the thing. These these are the children. Uh, well, I would say children's television, but obviously, I mean, things like Cheggers plays Pop. Oh yeah, yeah, I used to like that. These, mm. these were kind of they would like be, I suppose, pop music programs, but with a quiz show element as well. And um, you know, there were quite a few of those kinds of shows, weren't there? And uh, I think like the Krypton Factor that was more oh, athletic. Well, the Krypton um, Factor was t- uh, evening adult. Mm, yeah. Uh, well, say family entertainment, I suppose. But uh, kids-wise, I remember Screen Test. That was filmed. Oh, that was you used that to was love filmed. Screen Test. I mean yeah. that was again in the in the pre-video era. That was the only way you saw clips yeah. of not necessarily the best films. <laughs> I mean yeah. I don't think I ever saw a children's film foundation film ever apart from a couple <laughs> turned up on the television. But they always seemed to be a good sort of 5 minute clip of of something like that. But there was always yeah, you know there's these films that you never got to. I mean they didn't show Alien, I'll grant you. You know, I mean that was it's it's tea time entertainment for kids but but some of the you know things like uh the disney films and stuff you, you got to see quite large chunks of, of a, a quite fun movie you know so. I, I, there were i think i feel like i saw both presenters of screen test perhaps the end of michael mm. rod and and then forgetting his name now who took over from him, but oh brian truman yes brian truman, yeah. mm. oh big big uh, round here brian truman of course uh quite wrote or had a lot of involvement in cosgrove hall and mm. i think he wrote Either was it was it Danger, Danger Mouse? Mouse. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure he was involved with that. But although obviously things like Adventure Game, which were probably for kids, but big kids as well, because it had mm. a it's well, uh, that, it sort of hid itself away, didn't it, on BBC yeah. Two Adventure Game, and it was slightly longer as well. Yeah, yeah. I think kids but watched it, was a good it show. but there were no kids involved in the making. If you know what I mean? No, no, no. that was a weird one because it was famous people and members of the public. Mm. Working together, um, mm. but there was only like ever one one member of the public, I think. Per mm. and then the rest, uh, it was felt a bit weird. I thought, you know, mm. do, we need, do we need a member, the member of the public? It's always that strange thing. I think the adventure game basically you were you were on the planet was it Arg and mm. and you had to solve various puzzles to get to the final matrix thing and people got lost on the way it was a bit it's sort of like it kind of you get the feeling it evolved into the crystal maze ultimately i don't know but um, because people got lost on the way in that as well but uh, but the thing i remember about the uh, the bit there was a bit at the end with a kind of matrix that you had to hop you you had a go and then the 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 zappy beam thing had a go and it always seemed basically there's no way you're going to escape that (laughs) um, vortex or whatever it was called i i guess there were probably some riddles in that, but it was more mm. get up this and put this together, and then that makes that happen. So well, it was a physical. cleverness, wasn't it? Because there was yes, that thing about the money and and the and the value of the color and the value of the mm. number of sides of the shape on it and all that kind of. It was more... actually quite quite smart in many ways. Uh, yeah, I, I, def- I definitely enjoyed that at the time mm. and, and owned the DVD and everything. But... I was watching. I've got one of these look-in collection. Mm discs you know whatever that uh, network did a couple of years ago a few years ago now uh, this had i think it had an episode of was it get it together <laughs> with roy north but that that was a game where you had but there, there was a strange era a strange phase in that era of the boys versus the girls and somehow somehow the way they they pitched the questions it was always a little bit you felt that these were not necessarily God, there was so much gender bias in those days you know? oh, oh, <laughs> and there was yeah. and it was a terrible terrible 
setting up this battle of the sexes thing for for 12 year olds it's it always seems slightly it feels slightly dodgy now when you watch them you know but it was i suppose when you are 12 that that was the way a lot of people's experience of life was set up that we're better than you and we're you know i don't know it's very very peculiar setup i there's another one i remember which would be for younger viewers was finders keepers but i couldn't finders tell you for life of me what you had to do i remember i remember it being richard stilgo but that's uh, okay Wow. I can't remember what you had to do in that game at all. Before. A television god, though, Richard Stilgo, let's yeah. be honest. An absolute yeah. television god. I mean, uh, if you if you like your songs and your poems as well, you know. But yeah. but part of that, was it Nationwide, wasn't it? I mean, he, he was really big on Nationwide mm. and sort of managed to get a much wider wider audience. Yeah. But, so which but, quiz shows have you, uh, have you uh, more recently enjoyed? You say you didn't really take to Millionaire. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just one of those things where life gets in the way, and I, mm. I, I think I feel if I'm going to watch TV, it needs to be something that is a bit ephemeral. TV doesn't really come into my. But do you want to feel smarter than the contestants? I think that's possibly part of it. You know, do you, do you want to have that thing going on where you you can sit there feeling quietly smug as they're groping around with their phone a friend and ask the audience and all that? I suppose I have seen so because of course. In more recent years, there's been that sort of crossover of comedians doing like QI, mm. uh, where it's kind of uh, it's it's uh, rather than celebrities, it's mm. specific types of celebrities. Mm. So I probably have seen the odd episode of QI, mm. and obviously there are things like Have I Got News for You, mm. which again is more of a, 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 a I think panel it, it, game. Whether or not they actually are games as such, I, I, I feel that sometimes, mm. the, certainly with the news ones, it's more a question of, you know, I, I don't think the score actually matters all no. that much. I think I don't no. think who who wins and see. I've never been much of a one for who wins and loses anyway. It's why I'm not a massive sports fan. But um, yeah. Yeah. but it's it's fascinating to me that you you actually set these things up, and it's more a question of you want to talk about the thing your bugbear of the week, if you like. Yes. Yeah. Or, or or you've got to run th- run through your comedy shtick, I suppose. In, in um. On the panel game. Yeah. I mean, in... What was the music one? The Buzzcocks, wasn't it? That was. Oh yeah, yeah. But there was a, there was a phase when you've got all these. Uh, would I lie to you as well? It, it's all these very similar panel games, really. Which, which I don't know. I th- I think you know. You in the end, what you want is a big a big prize and someone to win it, and you want to see them win it. You know, I think there's a there's a definite thing with. Do you remember Sale of the Century? Do you, were you a mm. fan of Sale of the Century or or The Price Is Right? Yeah, I was thinking. I think I definitely watched some of those, and and things like play your cards right and things mm. like that. I think that play your cards right. I think is is my Bruce Forsyth. Mm. That's what I think of when I think of. I mean, obviously more recently with dancing things, mm. but yeah, I tend to think of him as play your cards right more than Generation Game because well, he was the master of the uh, quiz show, wasn't he? The well, certainly the game show, I suppose. Is is, yeah. is the, yeah. the, the, there was one thing? I mean, whether or not you particularly liked or disliked Bruce Forsyth as a figure, as an entertainer, mm. he actually was he was very popular with the general public and and out of a very good way with ordinary people. Now, if you look at some of the early generation game stuff, it can come across as being a little bit. I suppose patronising, if if you want, if that's the word, you know, you and oh, you know, let's let's show the the person what an idiot they are. But actually, in the end, I don't think there was cruelty in it. I think it was it was kind of it was fun. It was done as fun and seen as fun, and wasn't. I mean, whether or not 
all the crimes in history have been committed in the name of fun is a different different kettle of beans. But I do think that, that you you can't be that successful with ordinary people unless you're actually very good at talking to ordinary people. Yeah, I I just think that I haven't got much. I haven't got the time to to mm. to, to watch them these days. I mean, I'm, I'm aware of pointless, and I probably have. What's the odd episode of that? But occasionally my mum will say, oh, there's some people from Doctor Who on Pointless this week mm. or, or something. because oh, they do celebrity and, versions. Yeah, yeah, and I kind of, I've almost forgotten there is a version of Pointless that isn't involving uh, celebrities. But. Do you feel, uh, again, this, this has just been a sort of general sense, that the questions are a tad easier on the celebrity programme? Uh, yes, yeah. because nobody wants to go on and look like a complete fool, <laughs> even if they get knocked out. In the, someone's going to get knocked out in the first round of these things. It's, it's unfortunately the nature of the game show. But I always feel that the questions just—I mean, the thing is—I've—I've I've watched Pointless, and I've watched Celebrity Pointless, and I always get a much better personal, more questions right in the celebrity versions. And you just kind of think, hmm. Is it just that I the the stuff they're talking about is stuff I happen to know about, or is it actually that there is a slight weighting towards this slightly slightly easier ride for the celebrity version? I don't know. The other thing that interests me about Pointless, and I think it's a good show actually. It's done it's done very well. I mean, it, there there is a little bit too much chat with the ordinary folk rather than playing the game for my liking. But that's that's me. But um, what gets me about it is, and it's, it's been a thing throughout history if you like, the history of the game show, is the prizes. Mm. The prizes, you know, can I put it, when you know what some of these people are paid to do the show, <laughs> you know, the presenters, <laughs> yeah, yeah. when they when they're giving away a thousand pounds and you think, yeah, that's, that's basically about a quarter of your fee for the day, isn't it, mate? I, <laughs> I, I remember hearing that with, like, the original RuPaul's Drag Race, mm. Obviously, that being a, con- a, a contest amongst the, the contestants, mm. um, but the prizes being quite good in the American version. But the mm. BBC did a version, and I don't think the prizes, because it was on a BBC money, I don't mm. think the prizes were up to the prizes from the American version. Well, again, that's that's a strange thing. I mean, if you if you were a big fan or or were ever a fan of of Clive James's programs, where he used to look at programs from around the world, mm. and there would always be clips, "Ho ho, isn't it hilarious?" of the prizes on the prices right in Nigeria or something. Yeah. And they would and people were going, Ho ho, look, it's a stone pot, ha ha, isn't that funny? And you kind of think, well that probably tells you more in some ways about our culture. You know, America they're giving away a car and a and a boat and we're giving away a microwave and a fridge and, and in some countries it's you you feel blessed if you get a kettle. Yeah. yeah well, There's a, there is a kind of a kind of weirdness to that. I mean I know I know that uh, Clive James particularly was uh, <laughs> was a big fan of of the the, the should we say the comic commentary on uh, on foreign game shows but uh, was it was it endurance that he used to go on about all the time yeah. so, i mean i got a lot of time for for clive james don't get me wrong i thought he, I thought he was a brilliant presenter and writer mm. but uh, there were some times where you do think we do have a bit of an old colonial haha look at the funny foreign folk and, and maybe that's you know a, a shame i was thinking about the more sort of sporty game shows or oh well I know. like Pipton Factor yeah. things that I would never watch I'm not interested in sport but Pipton Factor 
was a bit different because people were swinging, jumping, and yeah, and the salt um, course in the middle. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, and, it's, and, it's all very well. I, you know, you can get the clever answers. You can do the observation round. You can put the puzzle together, and suddenly they send you out into a muddy field, and you've got to climb over things. Yeah, that, I mean, that, it, I bet you didn't. I mean, you didn't get that on Mastermind, did you? Let's be honest. No. I mean, it, it's a knockout. People in sort of in costumes having to mm. run, run down. Suddenly, it becomes it becomes more interesting if someone's dressed as a dog and having to run <laughs> down a, uh, a path. Uh, the the funny thing is, I, I I can understand why I I have feel akin to this. Is that the only time I did well? The only time I won a race at school mm. was in the hat bag and baby race. The uh, what? The where, and, where were you at? Or the handbag. I don't remember what, what you. But anyway, you had to dress. Basically, you had to dress in lots of layers, and mm-hmm. if you were running, you had to remove all of the Ooh. coats and hats and things that you were divesting, uh, and, and and you were having to carry a, a toy baby as well. Anyway, I, I won that race. Wow! Um, and that that was my that was you know that that. So was, basically, what you're telling me is you're the fastest undresser in your school. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um, wow, I think we should. I, I think we should get Endemol on the line, even as we speak. We should. We should be. Fine. This is this. I. I need to see this in prime time. I need. I need this to be a game show now. Yeah. But um, what was the one that was the kids' version where they all had to jump in a swimming pool at the end? Oh, uh, um, yeah, we are the champions. Yes, we are the champions. Yeah. Mm. I, I, you know, I. I watched that, and there were ver- there have been various other. I wasn't ones. a sporty kid, to be fair. No, well, I I wasn't, but that somehow transcended it. Really, if you if you were able to wear dress as a dog. But there was, I mean, there was quite a phase, wasn't there, a few years ago for the physical game show. I mean, there was that there was that one where people had to climb over that all those pools and all those yes. swinging beams that Richard Hammond seemed. Although yes. I don't I don't think that was ne- was it that kind of it was filmed internationally in the end they, I they think so, put their yeah. own presenter in front of it. Kind I think of that's thing. right. Yeah, I did. I I think that might have been on before after Doctor Who mm. so I think I did actually watch bits of it whilst I was waiting for Doctor Who to uh, come on Doctor Who is exactly the same reason why I can remember Don't Scare the Hair Oh, okay. I, I remember the name of that. Um, we seemed to be, uh, have a robot rabbit, really, wasn't it? Which was kind of kind of weird. But you've also got um, what was the other one where there was you had to make the shape, you had to be the shape and the wall. Was it called the wall? Oh, the wall. Yeah, I think so. And you had to make a shape in a hole, and you had to, and the wall had to pass. You had to pass through the wall with. I mean, the, to be fair, there's there's some desperation in trying to come up with new concepts, really. Isn't I there? mean, um, Dale Winton and Michael Barrymore were very much involved with the sort of. Get the people off the streets to do mm. type um, strike it lucky uh, supermarket I, uh, sweep. That supermarket was a, that sweep was a, which yeah. I don't think I think supermarket sweep you were supposed to watch if you were a student. I think I mm. I was a student around that time, but I I, I think I popped on Dark Shadows instead. Mm. Uh, <laughs> have you I, ever I, I, I mean I I sometimes look at these shows because I mean you've got uh, fifteen to one, mm. you know, and you've got something like Weakest Link. And you've got something like pointless, and you look at those, and you think, oh, and you've got something even like I want. You know, was it not? I want to be a millionaire. Uh, who wants to be a millionaire? Mm-hmm. And you look at those, and you think each one of those is such a good concept, and you kind of think to be able to come. Have you ever tried to come up with a concept for a game show, and tried to think how would I do that but different? How would I get that element in? It's actually not as easy as it looks. And you can mm-hmm. see sometimes why when it fails, it fails spectacularly. <laughs> Don't yeah. scare the hair. Yeah. But, you know, it <laughs> it probably sounded like a really good idea at the time. But but when these things actually 
make it to the screen. You Because so obviously these things go through development. They go, people have to build the sets. They do pilots and they have to get the contestants in. So, they, you know, all these things have to come together for it to make it to air. And then people sit at home going, well, that's just rubbish. <laughs> I, but actually, I think trying to come up with a new way of asking questions that hasn't been done before mm. must not be easy at all. I know a lot of our game shows were first tried out in America. I mean, things like Jeopardy, things like, uh, well, the Celebrity Squares was Hollywood Squares, wasn't it, in, in uh, America? Yeah, yeah. So, but we did, and uh, even uh, Blankety Blank, I think, was was sort of imported. But we yes. seem to be quite good now at doing ones to export, you know. Mm. But there are some, I mean, because, was it, was it the afternoon one? The after, afternoon television seems to be devouring new game shows at the moment. See, I keep seeing trailers for new <laughs> new concept game shows and i'm not quite sure i'll ever see any of them but but some of them do make it through to prime time there was a really strange one with the guy who plays father brown that was on in the afternoons i don't know if you saw that. oh i i sort of you know because i like father brown I, I was sort of aware that he i think i may have seen the, an episode or so if i'd be on around people's houses but i can't i can't remember anything about the concept of that no before. i just i just remember it was father brown but with a massive mustache and that is literally <laughs> the only thing i can remember about this game show and it had something to do with strings and i can't remember much else about it really was there a game where people had to go into a box and they were drop, and there were lots of sort of glittery things falling on them and they had to kind of grab as much as possible oh well that was part of the the closure of crystal maze wasn't oh it, it was yeah the, I wasn't the, sure. the great big crystal ball thing at the end yeah. where you had to get the bits of, and every time you got a, a gold bit it was worth yeah. a point and every time you got a silver bit it was deducted and all yes. and you're in there just trying to i hesitate to say conceptually speaking you do worry that most game shows were about to a certain extent, are about greed and possibly why they were so, should we say, they were so uh, formatted in America, getting something for nothing, you know, winning the big prize. But I, I think the, I think the one that really did change the concept was the fact that you could win a million pounds. I mean, wasn't there something called the million pound drop that Davina McCall did as well? Yeah, rings a bell. They have to invent new games. Mm. Uh, there are ones, there's some ones that, that have that longer life. Mm. Span and then there are other ones that only have a two or three year, and then they mm. need, to, need to find a new a new replacement. So I, have, you, have you ever been on a on a game show yourself? I know no. you said you had a friend who had. No, no, I've never been on. Have you ever wanted to? Have you ever thought of applying for one? And... Never got that close, really. I think mm. doing pub quizzes and which I, I did do in two or three different pubs in the mm. in the nineties was enough because we usually did quite well. So mm. you know, I still had t shirts. They were always to do with a particular new brand of Alco Pops or something, yeah, yeah. or something you'd never want to drink. But <laughs> those, those T-shirts like lasted as undershirts for for like ten, fifteen years. The amount, of, well, why um, not? You know, only because we had so many, and you, you mm. don't go, f- don't need to open them all at the same time. There is a definite connection in this country between the pub and the quiz, isn't there? Yeah, because yeah. I mean, also the, the fact that fights break out when people disagree over the answers, which I always think is is kind of kind of <laughs> weird. You have to have the answer on the card, even if the answer on the card is wrong. I think it just shows that that, that I'm getting old. Is that when I have been to pubs more recently, mm. and you know, say I, I've I've met friends at say eight o'clock, and then mm. they kind of come on, sort of say quiz night tonight, mm. um, and and but they realise they're not going to start it till nine or half nine. Oh, past oh, your bedtime. It, well, you're thinking it, this is just engineered to take it right up to closing time, and I don't mm. think I want to be here at 11 o'clock. Whereas back in the 90s, 
yes, <laughs> that would have been fine, mm. even on a work night, <laughs> to, to have been in the pub till 11. But uh, yeah, I think quiz nights are sort of, you know, for many different reasons. Uh, so how is how is your general knowledge generally, Paul? Um, Do you feel confident? I, not so much on. I always felt that I was I was the sort of person who I wasn't very good at certain subjects, but mm. then I'd I, I'd be stronger. At, you know, but but the trouble is, I used to be good at TV or I used mm. to be good at music. Mm. But now you'd have to say, okay, I'm good at TV or music from a from an era, a thirty or forty yeah. years. There's, there's suddenly far too many years on the clock for you to know everything, yeah, isn't there? We find that with this show generally, actually. You know, you, I sort of still feel quite confident about the 70s and 80s but much much after that it's all terribly vague nowadays it's i I couldn't tell you who did what in which series of whatever these days you know Mm. but also i think there's there's an interesting i know nothing about modern music at all you know Mm. i mean I, i mean i know we've talked about music on, on other things but yeah uh, but but old music i'm fine but the modern stuff pff, means nothing to me and same with sport sport i haven't a clue you 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 stick me in front yeah. of a panel of people and i you know I, it's it's like my achilles heel you can sort of feel the arrow in your heel you know it's so kind then, of but then i used to do quizzes with people that were very good at would, sport and so um and films and yeah. but but i knew that i didn't have to worry about being good at sport because there were three other people on the team who but, were very good but so i could be trying to be good on well there team. we go It'd be the clever boots yes you're <laughs> you're, you're specialist you can do you can get all the pink triangles on the on the piece of cheese or whatever it was <laughs> yes no it's uh, i think it's, it is interesting that though, because also ultimately pop culture changes i mean i think certainly with the quiz show on television i, I as, as we alluded to earlier i think part of the the joy of it as a viewer is being able to sit at home and be shouting the answers at the television and saying, well, I know that, I know that. Even when, you know, the the superior brains of things like University Challenge are are floundering to find out what the name of that, that third alien film is, you know. I may only I may only get one question a week right on University Challenge, but boy, it's, gr- it's a great feeling when you do, isn't it? <laughs> well, I mean... When you do the quiz machines, and you mm. do quite well, or you or you win a jackpot, even if it's mm. not massive, mm. you do it does enter your mind. What if I can do it on this quiz machine? Ah. Could I do it when I was obviously? It's, it's it's quite different being in a studio than it is being in a busy pub. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as as we find be. doing this kind of thing, your brain can leap out of your ears the first chance it gets when you're trying to pluck even something that you know you know out of the air. I imagine that trying to. I mean, I know that there was a whole thing about Mastermind, and Mastermind was very much based. The, the concept of the show was based around interrogation techniques and, you know, putting people in a very hot seat. But I think the fascinating thing about something like Mastermind is it's not the people who win it to a certain extent. It's the ones who sit there and you can tell their brain has just flown out. <laughs> uh, and that is the most terrifying thing. You don't want to be that person, do you? You don't want to be that person. Who, I mean, like I say, I know that some of the, um, the well, I don't want to say crueler, but the darker parts of the press and, and, and the internet will, will mock people mercilessly for not knowing something that they consider to be wide knowledge. The interesting thing to me is quite often I see these things in private eye and I read them and I think, actually, I don't know what the right answer is to that one. Yeah. The wrong answer might be hilarious. You know, I, I was reading one only this morning about someone saying, what did the fall of Saigon indicate? 
1975 and they said the end of World War Two. And you kind of yeah. think that's kind of when you're in that hot, you know, you know, people mock and laugh and everything like that. But you can't imagine what it's like until you're actually in that chair and someone's asking and your brain is just going. You used to see it even on Weakest Link, didn't you? You used to yeah. see somebody you could actually see in their eyes. Their mind has just gone completely <laughs> blank. And it doesn't matter. You could ask somebody their own name. And suddenly they're they're floundering. But I think quizzes are big business as far as I I do quizzes on my podcast, and mm. I, but I usually source them from the internet rather than make them myself. Yes, and sometimes you come across uh, you know there's so many, and there are also some that are far. Mm. Uh, the starting point is far too easy. So, um, but then there are also ones where the answer is possibly inaccurate. And mm. I've done comic book quizzes with somebody who works in a comic book oh, shop, yeah. and and I've given the question, he's gone. Well, but, but because he, you know he, he knows his stuff a bit mm. like if there was a basic Doctor Who quiz, mm. you probably get a, a question and we'd be like, oh yeah, but what about that? There, this question has, doesn't accommodate the fact that in episode so and so and so and so there was this or that. You know, like how many you know, the question, like the question, how many Doctor Who's are there? Mm-hmm. Well, you you have you have to kind of judge. Well, who's writing this? Is this written by somebody who's just saying, oh well. Jodie Whittaker is the ex doc number doctor, mm. or is it somebody who's a real nerd who's going, mm. well, and then this person did play the doctor, this ah, person. Ah, well, so, there you so, go, you see. We live in a post truth society, yeah, don't we? That's the other thing. You always have to know how much knowledge the person setting the question has. Ah, well, yeah, yeah. Before you answer somebody's one, particularly ones on the internet. You <laughs> see, we, there are people now who claim there's no such thing as facts anyway. You know, yeah. this is it. I mean, if you can't prove it, I mean, there are people, uh, we live in a society where people will not believe what they see in front of their very eyes. You know, in the old days when people used to say, well, look it up in a book. Well, people have chosen these days not to believe the book. So actually, I'm finding in some ways that the emphatic truth of quizzes is somehow reassuring. Yes. We are also in our house. We've started trying to teach ourselves how to do cryptic crosswords, Mm. which is not a skill that I've ever had. And we sailed through one the other day. We sailed through one. And we thought, oh, we're finally getting the hang of this. And then we turned the page and the next one, we couldn't get one answer on it. So sometimes it does come down to who's setting the questions as much as anything. I always think there must be something on Mastermind that if you pick a subject that's so specific, the only person who could possibly set the questions is probably you. Yeah. That would be the way to do it because they'd phone you up and say, can you give me 20 questions on, you know, something that's absolutely a microscopic the left index finger of of tony hancock or something and you and you kind of think uh, and the only person who knows that the answer to that question is the person who wants to do it on mastermind you need to have at least two people who can ask an answer and do you think do you think we are in in an era now where cleverness is not as appreciated as it once was i mean there was a time when you could become quite the celebrity by winning mastermind to a certain extent and i don't know whether now we because i i think when we talked about uh, reality television a few weeks ago you were saying about somebody who was famous for being a bit dim mm. on it or coming across as being a bit dim they may have well been playing to the cameras and i just wonder whether sometimes we actually do because uh, there was a thing when i mean when i was at school some people were a bit you know the kids who sat at the front always got the questions right he'd probably he'd probably get his briefcase scuffed <laughs> later on that day at the very least we, we do sometimes appear to be in a kind of post cleverness era and i'm not sure that's a good thing but but do you still think it's worth I mean, obviously, in terms of prize money on quiz shows, it's worth having the knowledge, isn't it, really? You know? I always think it's an interesting thing when you've got three people who obviously hate each other because they all want to win the money. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it obviously it's still there still seems to be a very 
popular and mm. millionaires come back again it's a new recently. Mm. And, but uh, so if you if you could go on one what would you apply for um, if, or if you had to go on one which would be the one you would prefer to go on uh, well I want to go in I think I probably want to go on a revival of Treasure Hunt and be in the studio <laughs> and, 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 and yeah I think uh, that's probably probably but, but say that, that's but, your dream that's your dream <laughs> quiz show appearance because there are people who make several you know they, they, they do the rounds don't they they go on all, all mm. of them really you know there's the eggheads, wasn't there? Some, mm. pit, some various people went on that that mm. went on other shows. Mm. Yeah, I guess if it was more of a more of a uh, a sort of quiz based show, mm. then so, something like Teddy Addicts. But as I say, I might be a bit my last twenty years or so knowledge might be a bit poorer than mm. it used to be. But that when Teddy Addicts was actually on. That uh, blankety blank would be fun, but I'd have to be famous mm. first. So. <laughs> well, the other thing is that it's it again, like you say, that's a part of the game. Would you actually have you got a concept? I mean, would 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 you like to come up with a? I mean, I know it's it's a very good way to make a few quid is to come up with a very good quiz show. Concept, but have you ever had one where you think, oh, I oh this would work? You know, I mean, you, when when yeah. you're sat there, sort of with your hands in the soap bubbles, doing the washing up, and sort of inspiration strikes, you know, and you and you think, oh, there could be a quiz show where we where you're stacking mugs or or scrubbing out pots and pans or something. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about the actual game. Mm. I think the things I've done on my podcast where. Mm. I, I've done quizzes, but then I've said, "Oh, we're in space doing it and bringing a story into it." Uh, that's sort of that's where my mind goes. Um, I, I wanted to I wanted to do some quizzes, quiz but, in um, space, but I wanted to kind of bring it in into an environment where I mean, there are other podcasts that do that that have quizzes on them and things, but yes. it's more my mind in my mind to think, how can I do this in a way that is a little bit odd? <laughs> well, I, I imagine. I mean, you know, you could. Ultimately, you could go down the quiz show route where it is kind of life and death. I mean, there are there are sort of science fiction concepts where it becomes, shall we say, more vital that you win. You yeah, know, yeah. I mean, I imagine if you're on a spaceship, getting sort of cylinders of oxygen might be a good prize to have. And the more yeah. oxygen you got, the more likely you are to get home. Although I, I, I do wonder sometimes whether we are on the brink, because uh, we you watch science fiction generally, you, you the idea of of people sitting at home in in science fictionalized ideas of of these shows where it becomes a genuine life or death situation even things like hunger games have sort of played on this now do you because i mean in many ways bread and circuses you know we talk about the roman empire and everything like that and mm. gladiators had to fight for their very lives didn't they and stuff like that do we feel there's a kind of ghoulish element to to the game show the quiz show well, I mean, that was a very roundabout way of asking that question. I really do apologise. I, I can see it being, you know, the how far um, could you push it? I suppose is what I'm yeah, asking. Really. Yeah, well, and and the sort of the sort of mixture of like a reality show, mm. but but where quiz questions become the currency to get mm. to get you to stay on the show longer. Mm. Yeah. I suppose if you had a public vote, though, everyone would hate, the, really hate the clever one, wouldn't they? So. Yeah, well, it's, it's whether it's whether the public are allowed to have any influence. It might, mm. it could still be a, a surviving on the show thing, mm. but from sort of they're bringing a fictional element into mm. it as well as, uh, but those people mm. are living it to survive. To, yeah to get food to the next day or whatever. well i must admit i've got a, i mean i do generally my, my philosophy of life is that people 
do better when they work together rather than working against each other. But uh, I know that's not necessarily the most popular point of view anymore. There's a, there is a, there is a certain element in the game show where you have to be, you know, you have to be ruthless. And there are game shows which depend on people being ruthless, you know. And I, I think a big a big budget version of the adventure game mm. would, be, would be fun, mm. um, where that you, you could have some fiction, but mm. also there was skills and mm. you could um, that that would certainly appeal rather than mm. rather than being lost on BBC Two, having it as a mm. mainstream thing, um, mm. uh, where there's a, a mixture of genres all, all in one place. Mm. Well, there is still room for these things, I think. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Paul. We've whizzed through the entire history of quiz shows. I'm not sure we've actually (laughs) sort of covered any of them in any great depth, but but I do do think it's it's just interesting to have a conversation based around, you know, around the idea of, of what these things are. So I think that's been enjoyable. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me back. All right, and we'll see you again soon. You take care. Take care. Bye bye. Many thanks, as ever, to Paul Chandler, the Shy Yeti, for slipping us all of the answers today and getting us all the way through to the showcase final. Unfortunately, once again, we fell at the final hurdle and won't be taking home the star prize this week, or, I suspect, any week, if we're being perfectly honest with you. But I hope that you will at least reward him for all of his sterling efforts by giving the Shy Life podcast a try sometime. Look at what you could have won. Still, we do get to take home the magnificently awful Vision on Sound trophy just as soon as anyone actually gets around to designing one and to donate our winnings to those who will most benefit from all of that fresh air. I probably don't need to explain that those answers to the questions at the start of the programme were 1. Paul 2. Chandler 3. The 4. Shy and 5. Yeti but I better had otherwise somebody will grumble. Also, the fast return switch is a feature on the TARDIS console from Doctor Who, which was supposed to reverse the ship's journeys through time and space and was first mentioned in the episode The Brink of Disaster way back in 1964 and caused all kinds of problems because its spring got stuck. Anyway, before we end up right back where we started from or accidentally setting our controls for the heart of the sun, that's it for another edition of Vision on Sound. Thanks as ever to everyone at Faber Radio International for allowing us to mess with your minds each week and of course to all of you for listening out there. Don't forget you can always contact the show via the Twitter feed at Vision on Sound 1 if you have any feedback, comments and suggestions for things you might like the programme to cover. Hope to see you soon. So, until next time, I have been Martin, and this has been Vision on Sound. Goodbye, and take care.